Right. Um, so I must I must be honest. Like I've been sitting with this sermon, and uh, <laughs> I was like, I was like, Lord, this is what I have, and I and like, and I'm looking for that structure, just putting this thing together, the line, the, and it just don't come. I woke up this early this morning, and I was like, uh, and I at at some time I said like. Uh, let's let's do Mother's Day now. <laughs> I've kind of come as far as I can, um, but I, I believe that the Lord actually from the prayer meeting there was like seeing Him rightly, seeing Him rightly. It's like, hey, that's what I've been looking at the whole week, you know, like just and and it's just something that the Lord has been highlighting. Um, but this actually started for us at the leaders camp we had two weeks ago, and um, the Lord started speaking to us as leaders. Um, have we lost sight of the why? Have we lost sight why you're leading? Why we evangelizing? Um, this week, um, we're fasting together as a congregation. If we don't see the why, it's going to be bad. <laughs> it's not going to be nice. But if we see the why, if we see him correctly, there's going to be life in it. I want to remind you, we started off this year with Psalm 34 verse 5. It says, those who look to him are radiant. And the Lord is constantly bringing that back to us. As those who look to Him are radiant. And um, their faces shall not be ashamed. Matthew 6, verse 22 to 23 says, The eyes is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you of if then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And so if we don't see God rightly, there's darkness. And, and there's opportunity to be deceived. I'm also hearing there's a lot of words actually coming out that the enemy wants to come and deceive people in this time. And um, so if we're not going to see him rightly, we're going to be lured away. Um, maybe that even not seeing is a deception that's come in, the way that you see things, the way you feel life should be. Um, so Jesus wants to come and touch our eyes. Um, I want to read a portion of Scripture from Mark 10, verse 46 to 52. It's about a blind guy called Bartimaeus. Have you heard this story many times? Let's read together. Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard the Lord heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many people held at him. But he only shouted louder, louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, Tell him to come here. And they called the blind, my, my, blind, my, no, blind man. <laughs> they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Um, and Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus? Jesus asked him, My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, 
Go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. So, Jesus is leaving town. He's not looking for some blind man to, be, to heal him. He's actually having a bunch of people walking behind him. He's not in a, in a healing crusade. <laughs> He's in leaving town mode. <laughs> and this blind guy, Bartholomew, hears that Jesus is nearby. Ah, he's... Thank God he couldn't see at that moment. <laughs> because he heard Jesus, he didn't see that he's leaving town. <laughs> he was like, Jesus is nearby. Let me shout out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So he shouts out. He heard Jesus, the one that, that, that he's been hearing the rumors about, the one that is healing, the one that is, that is just going about and just doing miracles. He's, he's here. Jesus is here. And he shouts out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And everyone, they tell, no, don't, don't shout now. Quiet. And he says, nah, Jesus, son of David. And he yelled, he yelled, and he yelled louder. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And all this commotion got Jesus' attention. So he says, okay, call him. So they call this blind man, and in, in, what happens next is he, he throws off his co coat. He jumps up, and he runs to Jesus. I don't know how he got there, but he got there. <laughs> and he comes to Jesus, and Jesus asks him this question. He says, what do you want me to do for you? And he says, my rabbi, I want to see And Jesus is asking each one of you this morning, is what do you want me to do for you? Will your respond? Actually, Jesus is actually saying, I want to correct your sight. I'm here this morning to actually correct the way you see me. Um, and will you actually ask him? Because <laughs> if you... If, if, he, if we respond like this blind man, I mean, he threw off, obviously, this cloak that identified him as a blind beggar. He threw off what was identifying, and he ran to Jesus, and Jesus touched him. See, your faith has healed, has healed you. And I was, I was just thinking of this, this response, and I believe the Lord actually wants to come and do that. And I want to take you to another story, also in the Gospels, in John 4, of a lady at the well. I love this story. Because this lady, is, she's got a reputation. Who of you have read John 4 before? When, when, I, when I still did worship training, there was one of my favorite chapters to read from, um, to like worship leading, like, you will not worship on this mount anymore, but you will worship in spirit and in truth. Our Father is seeking such people to worship. That was something I taught a lot. But recently, the Lord has just been shifting my focus, even in the Scripture, on, on just what He wants to come and do. And if, if we see Him rightly, we'll actually respond like this lady in this, in this story. So this lady, she's got a reputation. Obviously, she's not coming to get water when the rest of the ladies coming to town or to, to the well. She finds Jesus at the well. 
everything that happens in this story is, is out of place. She's not there in the time that all the other ladies is there. She is not, she's talking to a man which wasn't actually allowed or was common. She, and then she's a Samaritan. And the Jews and Samaritans, so everything was like, it was not the ideal kind of situation. And Jesus sits there and she comes and carrying her, her jaws um, and, and he says, can I have a drink of water? Let me get to the Bible, yeah. So this happens in verse 7. Um, so Jesus said to the, um, and she responds, she says, how is it that you, a Jew, ask me for a drink? A drink from me, a woman of Samaria. Now she knows this is what happening is not really something that, is, that should happen. And then Jesus answered her, and I think this is the verse that I, I want, Lord wants to come and highlight for us. Um, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. If you knew who was sitting in front of you, you would ask him. Now, she's, she's getting in this conversation with Jesus. And I'm, for time's sake, I'm not going to just um, read all the verses. But she's like, but how are you going to draw water? You don't have a jar to, emmer, uh, <laughs> what's the right word? You don't have something to draw water with. Are you? And Jesus says, you're not seeing you're not seeing me rightly here now. You're not seeing who I am. If you see me rightly, you will ask a better question. If you see me rightly, you will ask a different question. Let's say not better question. A different question. It's like you, you should actually ask me for living water. Living water. And Jesus is speaking here about eternity. He's speaking here about salvation. He's speaking about, if you ask me, and this water that you can drink, you will not get thirsty. Now her mind is like, how can you drink water that you won't get thirsty from again? She's like, ah, that doesn't make sense. So she's not seeing. And Jesus is, is really figuring out she's not seeing. So at a point, she gets to this point um, um, where she where she said in verse 15, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here and draw water again. Yet she's not seeing. So Jesus, okay, you've asked me. Let me give you the water. And then he says, go call your husband. <laughs> what is he doing? He's showing her her position of where she is. Why? Because actually she had a reputation. And she, her response, you get this in verse, um, her response is, um, is this one line. Before that, she chatters a lot, like water, jars, she, she speaks a lot. She's quite clever in the way she's communicating. But when he asks her, go call your husband, she says this one thing, <laughs> I have no husband. <laughs> no, she doesn't say much. She just say, I have no husband. And Jesus says, yes, you are right. You have no husband. You had five, and the one that you're with right now is not your husband. And so Jesus shows her, he exposes her sin. He exposes where she is at. And you know what's the miracle of the story? She doesn't feel condemned. 
through his words. It's not like that even she feels like, I can imagine back in town, she is condemned by everyone. I mean, that's why she's coming on a time um, where everybody's not there. So there's rejection, there's condemnation. But somehow Jesus speaking to her where she is at doesn't leave her condemned. If we read one chapter earlier, Nicodemus, Jesus has not come to condemn the world, but he's come to save. Now he's having this conversation with her. And then, then she responds, um, there's a lot of conversation, but I think Jesus' living water was actually the, the thing of just... I want to show you your sin so that you can turn from it so that you can see me, see me for who I am. Now, now we have this favorite part of my mind where she's like, okay, um, when she realized, ah, so you're a prophet. And, and then she said, okay. And then she gets that talk back again. She said, oh, we worship, you Jews worship on that mountain and, and, and we worship on this mountain. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. It's not, it's, it, there comes a time where it's not about a mountain that you worship on anymore. It's about a spiritual condition. It's a change of heart. It's this living water that I want to give you. There's a change that's going to happen right now. It is not about a mountain or a place. It's a spirit and a truth. It's about what Jesus is going to do. Now, this encounter with Jesus touches her so much. And, so, and then she says, I know, verse 25, I know that the Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am him. <laughs> I, I can just imagine, I mean, <laughs> I, am sp I who speak to you am he. <laughs> like, there, I can, I don't know if you, I, I think in pictures, but I mean, all it's just like, it's a word change and, Ah, oh, and, and she's trying to be clever, and then she's like, call your husband, and she's, I don't have a husband. And then she talks again, and then he says, I am he. And then you, what happens next, and this is amazing. Um, yeah, where are we now? Verse 27. Okay, so the disciples come back. Just if, I didn't give this background, but they actually went to town to go and get food. Um, because Jesus was hungry, and they were hungry. Um, but at this point, the disciples come back, and they see him talking to this woman, like which they're not used to, rabbis talking to women. And, and while they, like, they don't even ask, what do you seek, verse, verse 27, and why are you talking to her? So the woman, after that statement, I am he, it says, so the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come see a man. Come see a man. If you were just exposed of all your, your sin, will you go to the town and tell everybody, come and meet this guy who told me everything that I've ever done? No, you won't do that. <laughs> it's like, don't go. I mean, that guy, he knows stuff about stuff. <laughs> like, you don't want to be. And, uh, but somehow, that this is where you are, and I am He. Between those two statements, something touched the heart in such a way 
that she runs to a town that she's rejected in. She runs to a people that actually doesn't want anything to do with her. And she runs to this. Come and see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? Now she's not sure. Is this the Christ or not? <laughs> but I, I, I mean, she didn't do evangelism course right now. <laughs> she was actually just on her way to get water. But this encounter with Jesus shifted her heart in such a way that she runs to this town and actually get these people to believe that there is somebody out there that knows things about you. So let's go check this out. So now, meanwhile, disciples check this thing out. And, and so, okay, it's two scenes. One is happening in the town, and now it's back to the disciples again. And they like, and they were speaking, verse 31, it says, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? <laughs> <laughs> and Jesus said to him, to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me to accomplish his work. And um, I want to be naughty. <laughs> this week, when we fast, <laughs> your food <laughs> will be to do the will of what Jesus has told you to do. You want to have that meal. You want to have that coffee. You want to... You want to have like um, that, that, that food, but your food is to do the will of the Father. Um, but that's not the thing I want to highlight right here. But, and then Jesus said, verse 35, Do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? This is how you see. Do you not say that there, there's still time? I'm saying something. Look, I tell you. Now his disciples are standing there. They're talking about food, Jesus that's not eating. And now he's telling them, look, I tell you, lift up your eyes. And when they lift their eyes, they saw from a town of Samaritans, a bunch of guys walking towards Jesus. They saw a group of people approaching Jesus. And he says this, see that the fields are white for harvest. Isn't that so real? It's like you're talking about Jesus. Who's this woman? And he says, look, your, my food is to do the will of the Father. What's my will? See, here they come. This is why I'm here right now. Why did they come? Reinhard Bonnke came to town. No. <laughs> the most unlikely customer, the most unlikely person to, to be somebody didn't do evangelism. She went and she told just about a man that she saw. And do you see why it's so important for us to see him rightly? Because <laughs> if we call people to see him, what will they see? Will they see a different Jesus or will they see him, which we have seen? I'm, I'm almost closing. Um, that was for me the like phew, moment. Come, see this man. They come down, coming to meet Jesus. They lift their, the disciples lift their eyes. They see this harvest coming. 
And I believe that the, that the reason why we're having this fast even in this week is that the Lord wants to us to actually see Him rightly because then we will ask rightly. And He's saying there's a harvest. <laughs> and if we're going to this fast and actually making it about ourselves, we're going to miss it. And then I just want to finish off verse 39. Many Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And many more believed because of the word. And then they said to the woman, it's no longer because of what you have said that we believe. We have now heard for ourselves, and we know this is indeed the Savior of the world. Isn't that also powerful? We have heard for ourselves. He is the Savior of the world. So, we started off with blind Bartimaeus, who was blind. And he could not see. Could you agree with me that there are areas in your life where you might be blind? Hmm? We, uh, yeah. we, there's, there's, do you think we should sit on a mat and let Jesus walk past while we hear that he actually wants to correct our sight? <laughs> what, what, what should we do? Huh? What should we do? Who wants to do that? <laughs> Don't be shy. <laughs> what should we do? Go for it, Chloe. <laughs> Who else wants to do that? <laughs> huh? <laughs> huh? Who? Shout it. Shout it. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. <laughs> huh? Who wants to see? Jesus is saying, what can I do for you? He says, what can I do? Do you want to see? I have one aspect that I, I believe that the reason why we don't tell people about Jesus is because we don't see him rightly. We have forgotten, we have lost sight of why he has said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And I'm saying this not as an evangelist. I'm saying this as somebody, a pastor heart that is convinced or convicted that the Lord is calling us in this season that he, not just to enjoy one another and sit in church and be comfortable, but to reach, to invite, to pray for the sick, to see, see the blind eyes be open in the spirit, but also in the natural. I'm trusting the Lord to come and do something in this week that he will move us that we will not sit on our mat, that we will throw off whatever is holding us back, that we'll get up, run to Jesus and say, Jesus, I want to see. That we will be like this woman that will have encounters with Him in this week, that He will touch our lives in such a way that we have not done a course on evangelism. We don't know what exactly to say. All that we know, we have seen Him and He has told me everything that I've done. This is what I'm praying for. And I was like, God, how am I going to say this and structure this and say, what is the, I, I didn't, couldn't find a way. So I feel the Lord wants to come and do something in us that he will leave us seeing him rightly, will ask rightly, and we will go. We will stop sitting in our chairs. And it's okay sitting in your chair, it's fine. <laughs> but but we'll, when it comes to the mission, when it comes to dealing with sin, let's make this a bit broader. We're sitting in our chairs, in our comfort. Get out of that comfort. 
We, we just like, it's my depression. It's my, it's, I'm a victim of this. Get out of that. It's like, Jesus, what can I do for you? Lord, I want to be healed. I want to be restored. I want to be set free. I want to live an overcoming life. That testimony of the cancer, I, the healing of the cancer, I, I really have a thing in me against cancer. Like, <laughs> it's like, that thing is like, I, and oh, I had one more scripture. Let me read this. But this is why I have this thing. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I did say I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish now. Um, but this is the thing. And this, Matthew 9, verse 30, 35 is, um, to 38. 9, verse 35 to 38. Then Jesus went through all the towns and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, now he's seeing the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. I'm seeing sometimes people are being harassed and helpless. The enemy comes and he harasses and he and, and leaves people helpless. And that, I don't know about you, but that, I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with that. It's like, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Greater, Jesus has overcome on the cross, not so that we can be pushed around and be bullied by an enemy. By, be plagued by sickness. Yes, we will praise Him in, in the healing and, and when we are healed and when we're not healed. But we will not be harassed and, and we'll not be plagued by the enemy. And then um, He says, Like sheep without a shepherd. Then He said to the disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. This is what I ask. The harvest are plentiful, but the workers are few. The workers are sitting in their chair, just doing life. And there's a harvest out there. Jesus said, Lift, look, the harvest is white. He wants to do something in your life, not just for you, so that you can be a light. And be radiant for Him. Yeah. That's what I wanted to say. All right. Can we pray for sight? If you want to trust the Lord for sight, um, Derek, you want to pray for us for sight. Um, um, so just stand. Just, Lord, see Him rightly. I think what we're responding for, um, let me just clarify. So, that's why I wanted to, I wanted the structures like, what are we responding for? What are, and I don't know, we're responding for receiving sight. We're responding for getting out of our chair and, 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 and going. We're responding for actually not being plagued and harassed by the enemy and trusting him to, that he will move in our midst. And that, that, like that woman, that we will go where, where, where he sends us without saying, Lord, I must first do this. I must first do that. I just She dropped her jaw and she ran. And I'm trusting for that pray. Um, Jesus, we pray this morning, Lord God, that you would touch, Lord, our eyes, Lord, our spiritual eyes this morning, Father. Lord, Lord, as we posture our hearts in humility before you, Father, we want to ask you this morning, Lord Jesus, as you have come to correct our sight, Lord, to see you correctly, we pray, Father, this morning, Jesus, will you come and do this work in us, Father, Lord. 
Father, come, Lord Jesus, and do this work in us this morning, Lord. Father, open our eyes to see you, Lord. And Father, not only to see you, but to see the way you see others, Lord Jesus. Father, that we'll be a people, Lord Jesus, that will not be found in complacency, Lord. But Father, and in our seats, but Lord, we're not be a cruise ship, Father, but a battleship. Father, I pray, Lord, that you open our eyes to see you and to see what is on your heart this morning, Father. Jesus, posture our hearts to receive, I pray, in your precious name, Father. We pray, Lord, that we will see sin correctly, Lord, and deal with it, Father. We pray that we'll see sickness correctly, Lord, and deal with it, Father. I pray, Lord, that we will see bondages, Lord, correctly, and in your spirit, deal with it, Father. I pray, Lord, that we will see offenses correctly, Lord, and deal with it, Father, Lord. May we deal with these things, Father, Lord Jesus, that, Lord, we become a ship that's not uh, uh, bogged down and laid down, Father, Lord, but that we move by the Spirit, Lord, that we are moved by the Spirit, Lord God. That we are people, Father, Lord, whose feet are swift in the ways of our God. That our feet are swift, Lord, in the paths of righteousness, Father. So, Father, we pray this morning, Lord, Jesus, have mercy on us. Son of David, have mercy on us this morning. And open our eyes to see you correctly, Father, in Jesus' precious name. Can, you just, can we just 